We've been talking about part in the first at last ep- first episode of first uh, the first last, last episode first last episode of um of our not, kind of not the bad movie vault. Yeah, bad movie vault B sides or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> um, with just myself and Scott. Um, JP went AWOL after watching the 18-hour cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League. He'd had enough. I think that did it for him, didn't Proved it? Proved too much. Proved too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to do the other, the rest of the films that um, one or, or at least one, one of us, I hope, has seen these, this year from 2021. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one. Um, this is one of two films on Disney Plus that I was like, oh my God, this is on Disney Plus already. And I still haven't watched it because I don't give enough of a fart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jungle Cruise. Ah, now then. Have okay. you seen this? Yes. Good. Seen right, Jungle good, Cruise. Good. Right. Okay, so have you seen it then? No. No, you haven't watched it. Right. I'm assuming, before you tell me what it's about, Go for it. it's quite an old school Disney film in one set. You know, like an old school live action Disney film with some similar sort of DNA of like the original um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Okay. Uh I've got a friend who I will not name, but who sees you know every film. He never goes to the cinema, but he always gets things straight uh, you know, as they come out and, sure. and watch them. Okay. So and every film he watches is the best film he's ever seen. Sure. <clears throat> so he saw Jungle Cruise a while ago, and he said, oh, "I saw Jungle Cruise, and it's the best film I've ever seen. It's amazing. It's great. It's amazing." Ah. Uh, it took me all my willpower, <laughs> literally all my willpower, not to say. Uh, it, it is basically Pirates of the Caribbean again uh, with a uh, and again bearing in mind we said in part one about how I like The Rock mm. a less interesting main character right um, a less interesting female supporting character right <laughs> and worse somehow special effects oh okay so it's the I remember watching a documentary on Pirates of the Caribbean where they were explaining about how they created um, Davy Jones Mm -hmm. and all of his crew Yeah, and I was literally blown away when I realised that they weren't wearing makeup at any point. Yeah, completely CGI. Everything. They were there and they mapped over them but they weren't wearing the clothes, they weren't wearing the makeup. The mocap like, stuff where there's dots on them and things. I was literally blown away because mm. I never for a second dreamt that that wasn't anything mm. but makeup. I mean, obviously, the tentacles, the tentacles on his mm. face were obviously had to be animated, but, but I, it literally blew me away. And in this, there's a very similar group of uh, characters, mm-hmm. not pirates, they're conquistadors, who have been stuck in the jungle due to a curse... Yeah, from gold they stole. Uh, probably, I don't right. actually remember because I mean, it, again, yeah. this is another one where it's so similar that what's the point? Um, and they've each got a thing. So you know, Davy Jones had the octopus tentacles mm-hmm. and the crab claw, and one of them's barnacles. One yeah, them's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each one of them's got something. One of them had a shark's head or something. Yeah. Like that. So, anyway, yeah. so one of them's made in the, in Jungle Cruise. One of them's made of bees. One of them's made of snakes, I think. No, okay. And one of them is made of palm trees. Can't even remember. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. I can't even remember. <laughs> one of them's made of dirty river water. But the effects are so much worse mm. than the Pirates of the Caribbean, and I could not for the life of me work out how. Well, pandemic. I this film stinks. I think I don't. 
know much about this film at all, but again, based on it coming out and when it came out, I feel that a lot of things that are made in media at the moment are undercooked or have been sitting on a shelf for too long. Yeah, no. Um, and this, if you're saying that, because I only saw one or two little clips, literally like clips, you know, like a few seconds of this film. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I thought the only thing that's real in this in this is the boat, Emily Blunt and the rock. And probably not the boat. Everything else. Most likely not the boat. No, nah, the boat's probably real because yeah. it's the thing they can climb around on and stuff. Yeah. But I was like, everything else. Do you know what else green you green. can climb around on? Yeah. A climbing frame. Uh, That's probably what they were on. <laughs> that boat was probably never anywhere other than in the computer. I don't know. Probably but, was, I don't know. You're probably right. And I was like, this is going to be one of these films where it's just all all CGI. Or everything is CGI yeah. except your actors. And that's it. Um, and it came out on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus. And just, you just skip past it. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I like The Rock. Like I said, we said this in the last episode. I like The Rock, but I have no interest in seeing this because I could, I, I feel like just from looking at the poster, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it. Yeah. It's, you're, it's you're a live action wrong. Disney film. You're not I've wrong. seen this. If you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, you've seen this film. Have I seen, if you've seen Jumanji, I've got a Jumanji vibe just from the poster. Uh, Jumanji, I think, is a lot better than yeah, although that being said, I haven't seen the last Jumanji no. yet. So um, the one, the first one, with The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a giggle. Was I, I, I liked it. I quite like the way they they got around the whole board game thing in the yeah. in the digital age. It's quite yeah. cool. Yeah, but uh, no, still not seeing the new one. Although that is on Netflix now, I'll probably give that a watch at some point. Um, but yeah, this is no. It's, yeah, no it's point. There's no point. It's pointless. It is pointless. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a pass out of ten from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this is one that I haven't seen. I'm guessing you might have Venom, Let There Be Carnage. No, I, yeah, I saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Now, this is, um, again, this is another one of those things where um, I, I've seen Venom. Can't remember anything about it. <laughs> Get it's another one of those films, don't remember anything about Venom. Mm. Um, now, the comic, I... I um, I was a big Spider-Man fan mm-hmm. back in the day, all through sort of the 80s mm-hmm. into the early 90s. Yeah. So I actually missed uh, Venom, uh, Venom's first appearance, but obviously in, in, in other issues, I caught up, caught up the story, mm. really liked it, whole yeah. symbiote thing, great. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I hadn't got the rights to certain things, so I had to change the origin story, which I don't think helped greatly. Um because I don't understand why he looks so much like Spider-Man if Spider-Man is now no, no longer anything yeah. to do with the origin. But yeah. anyway, um, all that aside, um, I sort of remember it being okay. But Yeah, then, Venom, well, yeah, for me, Venom is actually like probably one of my top three or four comic book characters. Yeah. Um, oh, he's, so, look, he's look, actually the character the comics, that, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's actually the character that got me into comic books yeah. I, I remember seeing this cool looking character in uh, on a Spider-Man arcade game and I was like yeah. well, who, what the hell is this and no. then from there retroactively went backwards as yeah. a teenager and started reading Spider-Man and yeah. Venom was my favourite villain of all time at the time not, not so much now he's, yeah. he's, he's very good but um, he's a bit one note but yeah really excited to see 
the original Venom when that came out because the Spider-Man 3 version was not Venom it just got that wrong so I was excited to see it and also I like Tom Hardy I, I do have I do like Tom Hardy I know he he's not always the best actor yeah. but when he's a good actor he's really good yeah. but you know like him playing Eddie Brock I was like cool I like Eddie I like Tom Hardy uh, Venom I, like, I want to see a proper interpretation of Venom enjoyed it even though it does have some big problems mm. um, the fact that the the um, the villain at the end of the first one, Rampage, is right. pretty much the same looking and colour as Venom. Right. And when they're fighting on that, like, there's like a shuttle that's going to take off. Do you no. remember? No. Don't Big fight scene is. between Venom and Rampage, and they look identical in the dark. And, you, right. and you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> like, at least it doesn't. Like, it was. And so I haven't seen this one yet. I will at some point, but I've only heard mixed to bad reviews for it right so this one I say I went to see this with a friend of mine um, I didn't want to watch it I got talked into going to see it I wasn't in the best of moods <laughs> and gotta be honest I sort of sat with one expression on my face all the way through it yeah uh, I, I wasn't interested it didn't engage me and I think Honest, if I'm looking back honestly, that was more to do with how I was feeling at the right, time because okay. <clears throat> I wasn't in a great mood if sure. I mind that day. Yeah. Sometimes you're just not in the mood. No. And no. I wasn't that day. So I, it's probably more my fault than the films, but I didn't really enjoy it. No. Um, okay. I didn't really like Woody Harrelson. I, again, I, I, I'm aware of Carnage, but I haven't read a lot of that character mm. in the comics, but it didn't strike me as being <clears throat> very similar. I don't know. Um, yeah, the Carnage what? is fine. He's he's a very edge lordy kind of character because yeah. he's a serial killer yeah. with a symbiote, and it was that nineties thing of being edgy, you know, yeah. and making comics darker. Yeah. But ultimately, he's a very one note villain. He just yeah. wants to kill everyone. That's yeah. it. He doesn't have yeah. any further agenda than that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure in the years since then they've tried to broaden the character, or whatever. But he was very one note. Yeah. You know, like. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, I, I I I will see it when I can. Yeah. But I, it's, what was it directed by Andy Serkis? Wasn't yeah, it? it was. Yeah, which uh, I say is odd. It's not, yeah, uh, you know, I mean Andy Serkis is a director, and I'm aware he's directed other things. Um, exceptional actor, I think. I've always quite liked him in everything he's ever been in, and uh, but it seemed like a really odd choice for him to direct that. I yeah, mean, I yeah, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I must be. We must be a fan of Venom or something. He yeah. must be. Because I know. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Hardy. That's one yeah. of the reasons why I did it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Let there be carnage. Um, I'll, whenever, I'll, whenever you're ready, Joe, I say. I'm going to be generous and give it a four. <laughs> okay. We're, rate, we're yeah. rating them now. Are we? Yeah. We'll give it a four. Uh, four out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four out of three. Oh, it was amazing. Four I loved out of three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about a film that I know you've never, you would not have seen in a thousand years. Uh, actually, a documentary. Um, which uh, came out earlier this year. Something yeah. I was actually kind of looking forward to. Again, yeah. uh, something that most people, someone that most people don't know about, probably heard of one of his films. Yeah. Um, a direct uh, documentarian called Rodney Asher. Oh Christ! Yeah, I saw that. Is no, I don't get a clue what you're talking no. about. Rodney yeah. Asher. He <laughs> made a documentary. Uh, his most famous one he made was Room Two Three Seven. All right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. I remember that. And then That's he made right, another yeah. one a few years later called The Nightmare. Okay. And then he made one this year, or came out this year, called Glitch in the Matrix. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know who this guy is, he's he's definitely got a style which I really like. It's very 70s looking, mm-hmm. the stuff he films. 
but his documentaries are always about very very kind of strange like usually social phenomena mm -hmm. so room 237 um, is a documentary about a group of people who are obsessed with the film The Shining yep People who have watched it like every day for twenty years, and people who have have, have interpreted every frame of the yeah, film, and yeah, yeah. have watched it backwards and uh, black and white and upside down, and yeah. they've watched it in every possible way you can imagine, and interpreted things to the nth degree. Yeah. And what most people think this documentary is about is about the theories of what The Shining is about. Mm -hmm. It's not about that at all. Right. It is about obsession it's about he's literally just shining a light on how obsessed people can get yeah about the most obscure things um and yeah it's obviously a lot of the, the fun of the documentary is listening to what these people think the shining is about people one guy thinks it's um a hidden message about kubrick filming the apollo moon landing yep. one person thinks it's about the um uh, the slaughter of the native americans and it goes in all kinds of directions about what people think certain scenes and certain things mean but their film is actually just shining a light on obsession and that's what it is right then he made the nightmare the nightmare is about people who suffer with sleep paralysis and then uh -huh. giving their testimonies about what happens when they have sleep paralysis and yep. the fact they see demons and they see visions and they, these things they get, and it's a very creepy documentary, and I really, I enjoyed it on my first viewing, um, and then you just watch it again, and that creepiness kind of evaporates quite quickly, because you, you've, you've already heard their stories, so I've watched it twice, and the second time I watched it, I was like, this is just someone telling me they saw a ghost once, yeah. <laughs> you know when someone goes, Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I saw a ghost once when I was a kid. Yeah. At the end of my garden at the shed, there was a ghost. And you're like, right. And what? Um, that, that's not proof. <laughs> that doesn't... Exactly. That, like, it doesn't mean anything to me, right? So, like, I, I remember saying uh, to someone <clears throat> once that I saw a UFO. And they said, no, you didn't. And I said, yes, I did. Uh, UFO means unidentified. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been anything. No, no, I'm yeah. not saying it was a spacecraft. I'm just but saying when I saw you, something I didn't know what it was. But, but, yeah. So it, I enjoyed the nightmare, but the nightmare for ultimately when I watched it again, it's just a bunch of people telling me what they experienced when they were half asleep. And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, like, don't get me wrong, it's, it's fascinating <laughs> the first time you watch it because yeah. sleep paralysis, a lot of people have experiences when they're about yeah. seeing dark shadows. I know, in I know someone that suffers from it. Yeah, yeah and it's terrifying. When you, it is quite a scary documentary the first yeah. time you watch it, but then after that, when you watch it again, you're like, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I don't want to sound like a skeptic and a cynic and an asshole, but you're <laughs> just telling me about what you experienced when you were half asleep. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, you're going to tell you about this dream I had last night. And you're like, I don't care. Yeah. Right? It was a dream. It doesn't mean anything. Um, anyway, Glitch in the Matrix, which came out this year, is about people who suffer with um, the the phenomena where they don't think they're in a real world. Like, um, uh -huh. a lot of the things... Like, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, right, okay. Because I say, I've got to be honest, when you say Glitch in the Matrix, I just assumed it was going to be more of The Shining, but with The Matrix? No. So, well, right. there's, a bit of, there's a bit where they talk about The Matrix, because yeah. obviously The Matrix, one of its original things is about people who who suffer with this right. where they feel detached from reality and they think that everything around them is just a simulation mm -hmm. and this isn't reality mm -hmm. and what's the point and there's um, a couple of stories they tell there's one about one guy who killed himself because he was just convinced it was a simulation mm -hmm. and he killed himself and his family because he just thought it was all this none of this means anything right. because he saw the matrix and he was just convinced this was proof that he was right oh, okay. and there's and there's stories about people who are explaining 
when they were in a church and this guy's like a kid and he's looking around and he's going, why, why are we all sitting in this room in a church <laughs> and we're making these weird noises with our throats, which is singing in a hymn. This is so bizarre when you, <laughs> when you completely step out of context and look at it and go, what are we doing? This <laughs> is weird behaviour. And then he, from the age of eight, he's convinced he's not in a real world and it got worse and worse. And yeah. it's fascinating. You know, it's this thing of how people it, have these like, neurological problems yeah. it's the game same with the like um the sleep paralysis and again before that it was with the obsession mm-hmm. so he's clearly obsessed with how people yeah handle life and how what how people interpret stuff yeah and it's, a, it's an interesting documentary but again it is a lot of people just telling you their theories okay but by the end of the documentary a lot of them come out the other side and say this is where i was i'm yeah. not like this now right um but it, it's it was quite interesting it was it was I enjoyed watching it. I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. I still think two three seven room two three seven is his best best documentary. Right, okay. Most sounds interesting. I'll give that a go. Yeah, um, well, it's on my account. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so going from there, of course, the next natural step would be Zack Snyder's Justice League, <laughs> <laughs> which I've not seen. <laughs> which I've not seen either. No. So, and and it's not because I don't want to. Mm. It's just I haven't gone round to it. It's. 15 hours long yeah. and I, I, I know I know for a fact that if I sit down to watch it it'll take me a week <laughs> yeah I think it, for me it's part of it is I don't well the main part of it is I, I give a shit right. <laughs> the, the other the other part of it is that um, because I know I don't like him as a filmmaker What's the point in watching this? Because all I'm going to yeah. do is just have another bit of proof for myself that yeah. I don't like his filmmaking, <laughs> right. yeah. and all I'm going to do is piss myself off. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing, and I remember this from oh, it was for fucking months. You were certain websites like uh, IGN and there's a few others that almost every day they had a fucking article about this film coming out. <laughs> oh, we've added this scene, and here's a screenshot of. Um, what's his name the bad guy Steppenwolf the yeah. new version of Steppenwolf and mm-hmm. here's some screenshots of Superman in the black yeah. suit and oh, we've added this scene and we're going to do this and, and he's talking <laughs> about all this stuff like it's high art yeah. Zack Snyder doing all these interviews about he's some auteur filmmaker so that they can sell the 500 pound gold <clears throat> yeah the 500 pound gold artwork yeah. for it yeah, and, um, just asleep. and it came out on HBO Max and, and for weeks and months they were just talking about it like it was going to be this monumental film event during the pandemic yeah. and then it came out and all those articles just stopped because yeah. it's clearly paid for it's clearly paid for marketing right? yeah, yeah. like a lot of these articles are and it really just irritated the shit out of me because you just every day I went on these certain websites it's always an article about this fucking film that no one cares about right. and then you've got this very like I mentioned in the first episode you've got this very loud vocal army of supporters for Zack Snyder and that yeah. he's some misunderstood filmmaker and that his version of D- his vision for DC would have been groundbreaking yeah. well, when when was it going to be groundbreaking at what point yeah. he made three films that were all shit <laughs> like at what point was it going to suddenly start working right. it wasn't it was cack no, anyway because obviously I mean you've all heard uh, presumably you've all heard our opinions on Justice League because we've done an episode on it and I say uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go just because I'm interested to see yeah. how different it would be, and and by all accounts, from everything I've heard, it's better. Yeah, this is better than the Joss Whedon version. Yeah, how it could possibly ever have been worse? Yeah, I can't fathom. Exactly. I mean, you... but you know, I, I, so I'm interested to watch it just to yeah. see. The bar was set so low. Of course, it was going to be better. Right? Yeah, and I'm just at a point now where, like, I say, I, I just. 
I don't have any. I don't have any room left in my heart to hate Zack Snyder any more than I already do because <laughs> I just don't like him as a filmmaker. Right, okay. So the interesting couple of things was um, there was. I remember about four or five weeks after the film came out, it was on HBO Max in America, and it was done as. Um, was it like episode? It was like split into four parts, wasn't it, or something like that? Uh, two, I think. Yeah, something, something like that. Oh. And they've been talking for weeks and months about this film coming out, and it was going to be it was because it was when HBO Max was kind of launching, wasn't yeah. it? Still, so it was going to be one of their tentpole. Wasn't that? I think it was wasn't it? one. One of the launch things, yeah. So it was going to be one of their tentpole um, things to launch the service on, mm-hmm. and when it, a few weeks later, HBO Max said like their viewership for it was really low. So for months and weeks and whatever, we had all these people on Twitter going, oh, we're finally going to see the right version. And everyone's going to love it and it's going to change DC and they're going to reevaluate and go back to Zack Snyder. And, and he's everyone's going to come and together. And it came out and no one watched it. Dogs and cats and his, together. And his, and so, so apparently the viewership for, for the film was really low. Mm. It didn't do well at all. Okay, Even on right. streaming service, it didn't do well. Okay. And the other f- thing I looked up yesterday was that only 36% of viewers finished the film. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what does that tell you? Okay. So okay. The, I, I, it was one of these things where I could see online with these websites and these articles, and you also get these early influencers, you know, the people who get to review the film a week before it comes out, <clears throat> and they all give it five out of five. And they're all saying, this is groundbreaking, and it's a true vision, and it's real filmmaking, and, and this is DC back on track, and, and you know it's all bullshit, because yeah. they're all paid. There are all these YouTubers yeah. and vloggers and people on TikTok who shills. want shills. Yeah, they're all shills. They're all shills, yeah. and they're all out to just yeah. make a bit of money off yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. And then the film comes out, no one gives a shit, no yeah. one watches it, and no one finishes it. Yeah. So it just right. tells you that everyone thinks that this was going to put Zack Snyder back in the driver's seat, and it didn't. All right. And then he made Army of the Dead, and no one saw that either. <laughs> so like, yeah, just goes to show. Like, I, I, I had no time for it, and like I said I'm sure it is better. And I, some one day. Five ten years from now, I'll go. Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Give it a watch. Yeah. See what it comes out like. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's that's neither of us saw it. So, All right. I'm going to talk about a film now. I know you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of probably my favourite film of the year. Yeah, I think so. Um, the French Dispatch. Okay. No. Now uh, I will just say this. So um, a little while ago, uh, again sitting, nothing to do, twiddling my thumbs. I'll go to the cinema. I'll see what's on. French Dispatch comes upon the thing. I thought, what the hell's that? Never heard of it. I had a look. The review made it sound like the worst film ever made. <laughs> so we had I this thought, chat recently, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah, so I thought, okay, no, uh, no, won't bother. Uh, I forget what I went to see in the end. But again, nothing spectacular. Yeah. But it wasn't until later, and you told me it was Wes Anderson's film. I thought, oh, shit, I'd have gone to see that, because I really yeah. enjoy Wes Anderson's films. So, but... On the review, never mm. mentioned once his name, and I've, if it if it had said, oh, oh, I'd have, I'd have gone. So that's the thing about we said this conversation a few weeks ago. Mm. <clears throat> Whenever I first hear about Wes Anderson's next film and I read the synopsis, <laughs> yeah. every single time I'm like, that sounds like the most boring shit ever. <laughs> um, I remember it with like um, Darjeeling Inc. It's like three sons go to find their mum who in um, in India, and yeah. I'm like, well, who cares? <clears throat> and then it was. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Hotel. Yeah. It's based on some old writings from some Hans Fritz, something <laughs> from the 90s. I'm like, yeah. what? The? I don't no, give I loved, a fuck. I loved it. I loved that film. Yeah, that's probably still my favourite, yeah. along with Royal Tenenbaums. But then mm. there was um, our dogs wasn't so keen on. But again, reading the synopsis at first, I was like, I don't care about dogs on a garbage island. What the hell? Uh-huh. 
Um, again, I did enjoy it. I just not not as much as his other films. And again, when it was fresh, French Dispatch, by that point, when I read the <coughs> synopsis, in fact, no, I didn't even read the synopsis. I was like, there's no point reading the synopsis because I always hate the synopsis, <laughs> but I always enjoy the film. So I'm literally, I went to see it blind, completely blind. I yeah. didn't even know who was in it. I knew yeah. Bill Murray was in it because yeah. he's always in it. Yeah. But other than that, I had no idea who was in the film or what it was about. It's basically a portmanteau. So it's um, about a fictional uh, magazine from like the 60s um, called The French Dispatch. That's the name of the magazine. Mm -hmm. And it was like a periodical, you know, like it was um, collective stories from around the world. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Bill Murray was the editor. And um, he sends, it's, each portmanteau is a story told by a journalist going to a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's very world-wise, you know. Yeah. So you've got... Um, Owen Wilson um, is in the first story and he's I think in France and then you've got a story with um, Frances McDonald what's his name is that her name yeah, yeah yeah she's one of the stories and that's like a French revolutionary sort of thing with some um, teenage freedom fighters and it's got the um, the lead actor from Dune in it he's in that one Timothy um, Chalamet. Yeah, so I saw that on one week. I saw doing the next week. I went, is this the new guy? Is he the new guy who's yeah. going to be in everything? Yeah. Um, He's and, the new Joy Corps. Yeah. And then there's a story with um, Beliso de Toro. Huh? Is that his name? Benicio. Belicio de Toro. Yeah. And that's a really good one. Um, that's got Adrian Brody in it. Um, and the French actress. I always forget her name. Renee. Yeah, I can't that... remember her name. Doesn't matter. Okay, but she's in it. Because she's in Spectre. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah she right, in yeah. No Time to Die as well. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, right. First, is that like the first time ever a Bond girl's in two films? Well, there have been Bond girls in more than one film, but yeah. Um, actually, I was going to say the first time appeared in sequels, but no, that's not true either because there was yeah Eunice Gleason. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's in that. Um, and that's a really good story but yeah basically it's a collection of stories and they're all really interesting really funny again witty um, it is it is a typical Wes Anderson film you know so shot in a very you know, yeah. symmetrical manner with very yeah. um, hipstery um, but yeah really good fun really witty fun yeah. I just yeah I enjoyed no, I'll it I'll definitely get that going that yeah it's worth that watching one. that yeah. one it was my favourite film of the year um, but I think like I said, I would, I'd only give it really like a four out of five. So I do feel this year, as a summary, I guess I'm doing a summary for the year now, but yeah. I don't think it's been the best year. Yeah. There's nothing that I've watched and gone, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nothing, yeah. nothing's gone, fuck me, that was... Yeah, that was I came walk out of cinema going, Jesus Christ, that that was fucking yeah. good. Um, so the closest I got to that was, um, yeah, French Dispatch. Mm -hmm. Um Let's talk about three Marvel films because <laughs> okay. that's how many came out this year. Okay. Three Marvel films in one year. Go on then. Now I, I know two of them for sure. Right. Wait, no, so no, no three. Go, yeah, yeah, you've got them. Go on. Go so the first one I haven't seen it. Um, Eternals. Right, oh, I haven't seen Eternals. No, no I haven't seen it. No, I don't give a shit. The first trailer. Um, I, I. First trailer, let's talk about that. Cause I, that I don't think I've seen the trailers. Right, now, I, I, I've got a feeling I put the trailer on for you. I, I know oh. I put it on for someone. I did, because at the end of it, I said, is that what the, one the fuck where is at, that about? At the, end of the, at the end of the trailer, they're sitting around a table, and they're saying, who should who should lead the Avengers? Yeah, now? yeah. There's some joke about that. Yeah, but the, the, the trailer, the first trailer, it um, involved, it was just loads of shots of... People floating. No, I think what you what it was was like um, 
prehistoric civilizations oh, and yes. they arrive in a craft or something. Yeah, like and ancient Egypt. Yeah, there's a voice saying, saying, oh, we've not interfered. But you clearly have because obviously it's something to do with your shape in human history. Yeah, I've not seen the film. I don't know. I might be wrong. But that seems like the thing. But anyway, at the end of it, it was like, well, who's the villain? Who are these guys? Who are any of the characters that are... Th- who's doing the voiceover? Who's... Scott, it says Marvel's Eternal. It says Marvel's Eternal. So, yeah, obviously it's the best film ever. But... I thought I don't know what this film is yeah. or what it's about and it's like now the last time they did that was Guardians of the Galaxy they introduced a group of people I'd never heard of mm. and that turned out to be really good and really funny I, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy but this one um, at least the trailer for that set it up and showed you what it was going to be and mm. who was in it and what they were it, and I I, I Sat on, I was nonplussed at the end of that trailer. I was like, "What the hell is this film about?" <laughs> and 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 just I, I I never got any more interested than that. <laughs> no, it's a film that came out and oh, it was coming out, and I heard about it. And th- when they announced the Eternals, I think it was around about when Endgame was out. You know, it was coming out, and it was like, "Oh, we've got our next wave of films on in pre-production now." And Phase we've four, got, apparently. Yeah, we've got. Um, We've got uh, what's her name? Christ, I've forgotten her name. The lead Angelina actress, Jolie. Angelina um, Jolie, and we've Sam got Hayek. we've got Rob Stark, and yeah, we've got and all the these other people guy that, from <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I <coughs> don't care. Yeah, don't care. I've heard of the Eternals, like He's as still... in a comic. I've heard of it, but I have no concept of what it is. Yeah, I can't really say I've had. Um, I know it's Jack Kirby. I've I've found out a little bit more about it since then, but I still don't know anything about them. And I always find things that are purely based on mysticism, and we'll get to this when we talk about another yeah. film in a minute, just uninteresting. Yeah. When it's talking about mythic things mm. and mysticism and higher powers, and I'm, I tune out straight away. Yeah. Like I just find that all of that guff. Thor just about gets away with it, because I kind of like Norse mythology yeah. um, and Greek mythology. Those are about the only two things I like but mm. um, in that sense. But... When you talk about like, oh, we're these mythical, like all-seeing, all-knowing yeah. people, and we 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 stand back and let humanity guide itself, I'm like, ah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like a load of old guff. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to it, I'm sure. But after Endgame, yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, I mean, because I. Let's, we let's have, before we get there, let's talk about yeah. the other two Marvel okay, films. Yeah, got and it. then we'll summarise <coughs> our current feelings on Marvel. Yeah. So that was Eternals. Neither of us saw that. The next one I haven't seen is Black Widow. And Black mm-hmm. Widow, I had no interest in seeing it in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Couldn't bring myself to go do it because I was just not that interested in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And then about two weeks later, it was on Disney Plus mm-hmm. for free. And I was like, oh, <coughs> oh Black Widow's on Disney Plus. Julia, mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow's on Disney Plus. Anyway, uh, what else is on there? And do not give a fuck. Right, okay. I, um, I know you've seen them. <coughs> yeah. And we um, said this earlier. I'll quickly summarise my feelings and why I didn't watch it. Um, I have found, she's been in about six films. She's been around since early doors, since my, uh, Iron Man 2, yeah. Um, and she, for me, has always been one of the least interesting characters in the room. Probably even less interesting than Hawkeye. Mm. Um, she doesn't really have a character she's straight laced she's serious mm. I don't really remember her making many if any quips ever she's yeah. always kind of the serious one in the room mm-hmm. and 
it, uh, after Endgame, when she's dead, you know that this is a prequel and that whatever happens now is kind of pointless because she's dead. Yeah. That's how I felt. All right. Um, and to top it off, I saw a couple of reviews online and they said it's a much of nothingness. Yeah. Now, okay, I say so. Um, <clears throat> um, I like Scarlett Johansson. I. I like her in all the Marvel films. She's been very good. Uh, I like Black Widow particularly myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, this film um, is basic. I think it's only there to introduce the new Black Widow, who is going to be Yelena, who is Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only reason this film exists. Okay. Because they're going to introduce her, I think, as Black Widow at some point in the future. And I'm, I've heard, because again, at this point, I haven't watched um, Hawkeye. Yeah. Which has just started streaming on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but I heard the rumor that she is going to be introduced in this series. Right. <clears throat> I think that's the only reason Black Widow exists, to be honest, um, is so that people are aware of her. Um, so one review I saw said that it feels like Scarlett Johansson isn't even the main character in her own film. Yeah. Like that she's there, <clears throat> but yeah. but she's not the driving force of the story, well, and it really doesn't focus on her much at all. Again, it's starting to be, uh, I think it's got a great first sort of 15 minutes or so. <clears throat> but um, other than that, and I, say, I think the Marvel films are starting to suffer from this a bit. Um, they're all very similar, and you know what you're going to get, and mm. there's a lot of action in it, and there's some comedy, and it's fair enough. Which brings us, before we get too far again into the, into the bigger <laughs> things with Marvel, um, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings? Yeah. Was it Legend, 12 Rings? Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So this was one I didn't see at cinema, um, but when me and Julia realised that it was it had been added to Disney+, Plus, we were like, oh, cool. This is actually a Disney film. Sorry, Disney film. This is a Marvel film that I'm actually kind of interested in watching I have no interest in Eternals no interest really in Black Widow yeah. which had been at that point on Disney Plus for a couple of months but <clears throat> Jiangxi I've heard it, I mean it's got a ridiculous meta rating it's yeah. like 93% yeah it's got to be good right. watch the film and me and Julia usually sit down and watch a film Julia often gets her phone out now and again during the film and drives me mad but <laughs> After about 15 minutes of the film, she had her phone out and she was yeah. literally doing everything but watching the film. Yeah. And then after about 20 minutes, I found myself doing the same. Right. And about, I was on my phone, and I know I don't usually do this during when I'm watching a film, I, I usually put everything down and watch it. Yeah. But after about 20, 30 minutes, I had my phone out and I was doing everything but watching the film. And then it got to about an hour in, and I turned to Julia and I went, I don't think this is gripped us, is it? And <laughs> literally, what I would do is about every five, ten minutes, just look up, see what's going on. Oh, okay. And just go back to looking at my phone. It, I found it <clears throat> so bland mm-hmm. and banal. And it felt like very, very similar to Black Panther in that yeah. you've got this other culture. I don't mean the fact that it's, it's got an Asian lead. I don't mean anything like that. What I'm talking about is it, it's trying to show Western audiences a different point of view, which I think is a good thing. But ultimately, it's the same Marvel story again. It turns out he's got a power and that his dad's got the same power, but his dad is evil and he's got daddy issues. And then there's all this mythic stuff and I find all that boring. Same what I mentioned with Eternals. Mm-hmm. And like I even found the action uninspiring. There's a scene on a bus 
with a guy with a sword for an arm. Mm-hmm. And he's just a big dude with a sword for an arm. And I'm yeah. like, is this it? Is this where we're at? A guy <laughs> with a sword for an arm. And I'm sure he's some fan favourite Marvel character <laughs> called Razor Arm or yeah. whatever the fuck he's called. I think he's called Razor Fist. I think you're Razor right. Fist, yeah, yeah, right? Okay. Well, that. I literally made that off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure for some people, they've got tattoos of him on their back and stuff and they think he's the best villain ever. Yeah. But he's a fucking guy with a sword for an arm. And I found it was boring. And then the um, his friend, his um, his female sidekick, I found her really fucking irritating. <coughs> yeah, I Katie. Did... That's Marvel's Katie. Are you joking? They were going to sell thousands of her toys. What? Marvel's Katie. That's what, what we, I made a toy of her, a figurine. Oh my Marvel's God. Katie. That was the that was the name of it. But she, I found her irritating because she's always got a joke. Yeah. She felt like a Joss Whedon character where. Doesn't matter how much in much peril she's in, yeah. she's got to throw a joke in. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Found her really irritating. And then it gets to um, the bit where they've got to get into the forest and it's a whole maze thing. And that was all like, oh, crap to me. <laughs> and then when they get there, it turns out that the um, group of people that are supposed to be evil aren't they're actually guardians for a bigger evil. Yeah. And now we've all got to come together and work as a team. Right. Uh, learn to work as a team, much like every Avengers film has done since forever, <laughs> and stop the big bad, yeah. which is just a big dragon thing. What was it? I, it's like a big soul eating thing, wasn't it? Yeah, a soul eater. Uh, yeah, something like that. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It gets stronger with the gargoyles that yeah. suck your soul out, things and they take it back out. to yeah, you. And it was just you. a load of fucking CGI noise. And again, nothing really wrong with the script. But it was a, just another Marvel script. Yeah. To me, all, all it was, it was just another Marvel script. Yeah. I, I imagine they've got this template. Yeah. Act one, two, and three. And often now they have four acts because their films are all three hours long. Yeah. And you've got character named blank. And then they just autofill it with Chong Shi, delete Chong Shi, put in Iron Man, yeah. delete Iron Man, put in Thor. And it's this Ant Man. Yeah, and it's the same shit now all the time. Yeah. It, a, a, a MacGuffin, a t- piece of technology or a gem or a, a superpower. Yeah. And the heroes get that power and tries to use it for good and must learn how to use their power. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a villain that has the same power and they're trying to use it for evil. Yeah. And then yeah. they, they clash and the hero wins. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it, again, for me, it was, a, it was the same thing. It was a Marvel film, um, and it ran the same, like you said, just like the same formula, and it wasn't offensive in any no, way. No, it was, no, no. It was entertaining enough, but so, yeah. But uh, I say, I know you said you didn't find it engaging, but I thought it was entertaining. Mind you, I was in a cinema, so you know, I had you to have no it. choice. Yeah. So I found it entertaining enough. It was funny. But the thing that I wasn't keen on, um, again, as I said, when I was a kid, I was big into sort of martial arts films, still am to, to an extent, but obviously uh, Bruce Lee and whatever. And this Marvel, this was Marvel's version of Bruce Lee. Yeah. was Shang-Chi. And um, so I, I used to read a few of these comics. Now, Shang-Chi doesn't look anything like the comic version, which threw me a bit. I had a real problem getting over that. It mm. didn't look the same. It, you know, okay. Again, that's my problem. But um, but also, from what I remember, the Shang-Chi comics were very grounded in sort of, well, you, as grounded as Marvel comic ever is mm-hmm. in reality, and it was more to do with 
sort of CIA shady organisations and Shang-Chi was involved in that and fighting things like drug dealers and yes, there'd yeah. be a super villain in it from time to time. But that's my recollection. I might be remembering it wrong for all I know. Mm. And it just wasn't that. No. And that is what I wanted to see and I wasn't given that. And sure. I, I would say maybe the character of Shang-Chi has changed since then. Yeah, which... Because <coughs> I'm talking when I was and seven it, or eight. I'm talking like over 40 years ago. But yeah. And there's also the problem of what you've just described. Yeah. It's too boring for young yeah. people. Yeah, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't fit into... Marvel. Marvel, yeah, it'd probably fit into you know, unless you made him some of, in a Netflix series like Daredevil would probably fit into something yeah. like that. Unless you made him a, like an agent of Shield, yeah, but it's set mostly in Asia, yeah, and and but also, again, unless unless you've got wicked explosions yeah. and um, fifteen supervillains from the razor arm and sharks with freaking laser beams <laughs> on their heads. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately for me, like I just I, I'm not someone who gets my phone out when watching films, yeah, but. I just found after half an hour, I caught myself like literally on my phone yeah. looking at anything but the film. Yeah. I found it just, I was like, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. Yeah. They really need to do something different now. Yeah. But I know they won't because it works. And it's also Disney. Yeah. And Disney play it always, always play it safe. Yeah. They are, they are the, just the, they're like a, a ready meal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like you could, you yeah. could, you could go for something better. Yeah. But you know, on a Wednesday night, when you just want to sit down and eat, just pop this ready meal in the oven. Yeah. You know what you're gonna get, and yeah. it's I, it's slowly killing, like more creative things because you can make big budget films with creativity. We're gonna get to one in a minute. Disney is like a box of quality street. You always know what you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always, always know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Like it's just like dairy milk, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing to it. It's yeah. just a bar of it's chocolate. A it's a, it's, yeah, it's a bar of sweet cocoa, yeah. milky chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. yeah, nothing to it. Yeah, no bells or whistles. Not even any hazelnuts. It's and just like yeah. <laughs> we didn't really touch on it, but um, you know, you like me have really enjoyed the Marvel universe. Yeah, up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which is it crescendoed with Endgame. Yeah. And I do feel now that it's crescendoed and I'm done. Uh, I'm getting yeah, I'm that way now. I, I think I kind of I can't it was it I think the first one that came out after, straight after it was um Far From Home. Yeah. Which was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's the most okay. finest of yeah. Spider Man film. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it was okay. I don't know why they decided to take Spider Man out of New York because Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. But I'm not sure why they're trying to make him the new Iron Man either. It's that's like, a common complaint online. Is people yeah. are like, he's just Iron Man Jr. Yeah. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what, um, Spider-Man is a great character. There's no need to try and make him something else. Yeah. Um, but that came out, I didn't, it was the only Spider-Man film I've never seen at the cinema. Yeah. Um, I've seen all of them, even the awful Andrew Garfield films. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, when that came out, straight, literally, wasn't it about a month after Endgame that came out? It yeah, was, it wasn't yes. long at all. Mm. I was like, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I, uh, it's like you gorged on like a free course meal, and then yeah. someone wheels out a dessert, and you're like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't yeah. face it. I can't face it. <laughs> and since then, everything they've brought out since, I just don't, I, I just don't have the palate for it anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's you took it to such a good place. Yeah. Even though I think Infinity War is better than Endgame. Yeah. 
it, it ended on uh, how it was, and now we're kind of getting to the the D list characters, mm. and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Don't care about Shang Chi really. Yep. Um, he could be an interesting character. I didn't find it interesting. Uh, a film about Black Widow after she's dead. Don't care. Um, and Eternals. Who? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, who? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore. You know, like it really. Yeah. Anyway, um, going to talk about a film you want to talk about. I know you will. James Bond will be back in. <sighs> James Bond will be back in a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so no yeah. time to die. I, yeah. I didn't see it. Okay, um, you've not seen it. I've right, not okay. seen it, no. Right, okay. I, I will probably watch it at home when it's available. But as far as the Daniel Craig Bond films go, obviously Casino Royale, fucking amazing. Love it. Mm. And I think Quantum of Solace is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another one that everyone says they hate Quantum of Solace. I love it. I think. It's I think Quantum of Solace. The problem with Quantum of Solace was there's a lot going on in that film. Yeah. And I think seeing it in cinema, it was too much. But mm. when you watch it at home and mm. you've got the time to take in what's it's, going on, it's a really good film. It, I think because for one thing, as far as I can recall, it's it's one of the shorter James Bond films. I think it's only about an hour and forty five minutes long. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not massive. Mm-hmm. Most Bond films are at least two hours. I'm sure that's shorter. And it flies by. I think the first 45 minutes is literally one thing after another. And it doesn't really start getting into any sort of story till about 50 minutes in. And a lot of people don't like that. But I'm, I just see it as Casino Royale Part 2. Mm-hmm. That's how I see Quantum of Solace. And I think it works brilliantly in that light. Um, and then everyone loved Skyfall. And I think that's probably the worst one. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, not mad keen on more... Skyfall. It, it, I find I find tonally it feels more like a Roger Moore film. Yeah, and like I say, it's a bit, a bit more broad. What I was enjoying about the first two Daniel Craigs is the fact they were a lot more serious mm-hmm. and a lot more edgy and the um, action was a lot more grounded and no gadgets. Now, I, I, I don't mind humour in a, in a Bond film. It's great. And so there were no gadgets. And what I quite like about Bond is when he has to use his wits to get out of a situation rather than, hey, look, I've got this laser watch that just so happens to fit in with yeah. what I need. Um, that I much prefer. And then in Skyfall, although they didn't introduce much of that, they started to sw- sw- swerve mm-hmm. back towards that and I didn't, wasn't keen. And then there was Spectre. <clears throat> Which, again, a lot of people don't like. I thought was okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mind it. It wasn't brilliant, but it was okay. And then No Time to Die. So they reintroduce uh, Madeline Swan. Uh, she's a recurring character. And this is really weird because it's the longest Bond film, I think. It's 2 hours and 45 minutes, roughly. It's really long. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel that long when you're watching it. Yeah. So it's well-paced. But I think the, the pre credit scene, I think, is also the longest. It, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's at least 25 minutes before the pre credits yeah, yeah. sequence is over. And the first 10 minutes or so isn't even anything to do with James Bond. Mm. It's about Madeline Swan. So uh, my first thought was, oh, hang on a minute, this, this is a Bond film where Bond is in it. But right. he's not the character. Yeah. But that sort of changes um, mm-hmm. after that first okay. preview and Bond is more in it, uh, more sort of present in the film. That's 
pretty good. The opening credits bit is really good. Um, I so I can't really get into, into too much about what, sure. actual, what it actually is because plot. if you've not yeah, seen yeah, it, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But um, yeah, um, yeah, some fantastic action scenes. Um, one thing I really wasn't keen on was the score. Now okay. again, um, I could sit here and you could ask me to pick a Bond film and I'll hum you a bit of music from it. Mm. Couldn't hum you anything from this that isn't, <laughs> that isn't either the Bond film or you know the theme. No yeah, time yeah, to yeah. die. Couldn't hum you a bit of music from this. Sure. It's all very pedestrian and you know just. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't hum you a bar from it. Yeah, and, and I've seen it three times now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's yeah, score's terrible. Um, but everything else I really enjoyed, except yeah. for the ending, which again, I'm not going to say much. <laughs> no, fair enough. No course. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like I said, it's I, I like James Bond. Then not the hugest fan. Mm. I don't think there's anything really wrong with the franchise. It's just, I'll see it when I see it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going from there, um, one that I haven't seen, but you have, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Yeah, again, I saw, I saw that last week. Mm. So that's still quite fresh in my mind. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, now, again, uh, apparently if you didn't like Ghostbusters 2016, you're an istophobe. Uh, um no, it was a dreadful film. It was poor. It wasn't funny. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about it, have we? No, I don't think we have. I mean, we could do a we could do a bad movie vaults, but it'd we be could... a ranty one. It wouldn't be a funny one. Yeah, um, I mean, briefly touching on that, um, there's there's a really good video from Red Letter Media where they address the um, like the the way the film was marketed and handled by the execs. Right. In terms of this whole thing about if you didn't like to Ghostbusters 2016, you were a misogynist. Yeah. And in that video, they say, well, looking statistically at the trailer and how that's like the most disliked thing on YouTube ever, mm. when you actually look at how many people saw it versus how many people voted against it, mm. and then how many people made sexist comments in there, it's like 0.1 of a percent. Right. But instead yeah. of ignoring that minority of, yeah. of misogynists, yeah. Sony decided to shout about it. Mm. And you've got Paul Feig and the cast and all these other people in Sony all going on about these misogynists. And if you hate Ghostbusters, you're a misogynist. Yeah. When in reality, a lot of people didn't give a shit about the film. Yeah. And the people who downvoted it were simply downvoting it because it's not the film they wanted to see. Yeah. Regardless of any of that, yeah. when the film comes out, I saw it in the cinema because I was one of those people, being honest for a moment, yeah. when I first heard about an all-female Ghostbusters, I did for a moment go, I don't want to see an all-female Ghostbusters. Yeah. Wrong attitude, and I I was wrong to have that attitude mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, a comedy should be funny, and it doesn't matter who's wearing the uniform and firing the proton packs. Yeah. Right? But... When I saw the film, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reset my expectation mm -hmm. and I'm going to see this as a Ghostbusters film. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's not Bill Murray and the rest. Yeah. Doesn't matter that I don't like Melissa McCarthy and I think she's unfunny. Yeah. I do like Kirsten Wig. Yeah. I do like Kate McKinnon. I don't know who Leslie Jones is. Right. But I'll go watch this film and whatever happens, happens. 
and it was shit. Yes. <laughs> like, it was a unfocused, undirected two hours of ad-libbing bullshit. Yeah. And it is awful. Like, it's a comedy that is not funny. And I don't necessarily yeah. blame the cast. I blame the director and the the uh, corporate think tank. So, and, yeah. they, and there ain't anything worse than a bad comedy. No. no exactly. <laughs> I think we've said it before. Yeah, yeah, so but you can have a bad action yeah, film. Bad action film. Bad, bad thriller. Bad horror. Bad comedy is just... Get out. Something else. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, and I said I went to see uh, Afterlife just last week, mm-hmm. and I went with a friend of mine, and I was saying at the time how much I hated the the, the twenty sixteen version, and it just wasn't a good film, and I didn't think it showed any sort of um, reverence to the original films. Um, it was a weird, in weird in that sense, because it was it was it was little moments like they were nodding that something happened in the eighties. Yeah, but they don't. Talk about it at all. Like, and they, this is a new they, idea. And they form, yeah, and the Ghostbusters don't exist. They've, they've formed the Ghostbusters. Yeah. So it was sold as a sort of a sequel to Ghostbusters, mm. but it wasn't. It yeah. was definitely a reboot because the Ghostbusters didn't exist until they started going. Yeah. It's just strange. Anyway, so I said it didn't show any sort of uh, recognition of the earlier films, no sort of um, debt was yeah, paid, yeah. Yeah, no, if, sure. if you get what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. so I said, well, we'll see. Where. Honestly, in the first 15 seconds, I turned to my friend and said, this is already better than the, <laughs> than the 2016 one. And we hadn't gotten past the Columbia logo. And it was like, um, yeah, this is already better because the music, you could tell the music, people had put some sort of effort. Now, funnily enough, the music was actually one of the things, again, in the end, that I wasn't so keen on because it really was just... Uh, the original score from Ghostbusters I mean re-recorded so it wasn't exactly the same but it was that Mm. there wasn't really anything really original in in the music Um, so that was the one thing it detracted but other than that I thought it was a great story because it 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 really set sort of you know well the present day and the Ghostbusters after Ghostbusters 2 um kicked about for a little bit longer but because they'd pretty much then at that point cleared up all the ghosts dealt with it yeah yeah, their business falls into decline and they eventually sort of split up and go their own ways and um, they do mention where everyone is at one point Um, I can't now remember off the top of my head I can't remember what Ernie Hudson was doing he went off he was doing he was doing fan conventions uh, dressed as a ghostbuster (laughs) (laughs) oh wait no sorry that's real life um uh, uh, Ray opens up a uh, an occultist shop. Yeah, which was sort of set up in the second one. Yeah, he he opens up an occultist shop uh, again. In real, is this real life? We're talking about Dan Aykroyd or is that? No, no. Did he hock his vodka on. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, again, Bill Murray goes off, does his own thing. I think he goes to work for a university. Oh, where he works in marketing. That was it. Right. Professor of marketing. Um. But um, and Spengler goes off to this small town, mm-hmm. and um, uh, everyone calls him the Dirt Farmer. He's been there for twenty years, and nobody really knows anything about him, mm-hmm. other than the fact he's got this big farm where he doesn't grow anything, and he's just out there all the time in the fields farting around. Right, and so they call him the Dirt Farmer. And obviously, during the course of the film, again, I'm not going to say anything because this is new, but eventually find out why he's there and what he was doing mm-hmm. sure um so he's obviously harold ramis died um a few years back mm-hmm. uh 2014 so, yeah so obviously he's not in the film mm. um but 
um, his character dies at the start of the film and the, uh, his family who I think are still in New York and are pretty much broke go there to see what their inheritance is and while they're there um, his young granddaughter um, finds a ghost trap yeah. and then that sparks her interest because she's scientifically minded mm. uh, her mother isn't uh, she is and she finds this ghost trap. It sparks her interest in what's going on mm. in in the farm. I come across Paul Rudd's character who knows who the Ghostbusters were because obviously, although it's been 20 years and the kids don't know who the Ghostbusters are, the adults do. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it, so it's, it's, they start investigating what might be going on and it's, it's very good. Um, mm. okay. I, mean, I thought it was very funny, but it's also not really a comedy. It's, mm. it's got its funny moments, but it's, it's yeah, it's 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 a good watch. It's a good okay. watch. I'd well okay. recommend it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it when again, like a lot of things we've said about today. I'll, I'll watch it when I can. Mm. Ghost, the original Ghostbusters is like probably my top childhood film ever. Mm. So I'm kind of a bit guarded about I, what I want to watch. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I wasn't a big fan of Ghostbusters when it first came no, out. Fair enough. I saw it when it. Well, it was, you wouldn't sit down, have a coke, and watch yeah. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I watched it. On, I watched it at the cinema in its original release, and I wasn't that keen. Oh, it took me a few years to get around to it. No, and I say, yeah, I mean, I, lo- I used to watch that film relentlessly. Yeah, like, and I, I love it now. I love it now, yeah. but yeah, I didn't at the time. Funny. Yeah, um, I'm just. I'm a bit guarded nowadays, thanks to how thanks to Star Wars and how that's been treated about anything that leans on nostalgia mm-hmm. especially in its marketing yeah because I think we had this conversation quite recently where I I think that if a film if one of its temples is nostalgia that gives the film a very short shelf life nostalgia really only works once it'll kind of one and done yeah but that, that being said, I will still give the film a chance and I'll mm. watch it. And if, if the film can stand on its own two legs and nostalgia is more of a side note to everything, yeah. as long as the film has its own story and adds something, then yeah, I'll probably like yeah. it. But like I said, because of styles and references and nods and, oh, look over here, it's, a Je- it's Luke Skywalker, yeah. oh, he's dead now. Yeah. Oh, look over here, it's Darth Vader's helmet. Oh, mm. look over here, we've got this thing from that film. Yeah. Do you recognise that car? Yeah. Do you recognise that sound? Do you reckon this you recognize bit of music? This yeah. little bit this little bit of music from that film? Yeah. Um, and that stuff nowadays, I am... It's the, it's the aspect of films now that I'm the most jaded about. Yeah. Because if you try and tug on my heartstrings in a trailer which is effectively an advert for a film I'll tell you to go fuck yourself because <laughs> I, um, I, I've just because I know it, it's cr- creative bankruptcy yeah but that being said if you liked it and JP I know he's not here yeah. he said he also liked it yeah. if you two like it then I will absolutely give it a chance yeah. um, but you know like I said a lot of things nowadays when they just do a few Ding, 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 you know, a little a few yeah. little notes from a, a theme of a film I loved yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll have a sound, or a car, or a vehicle, or a character yeah. that you haven't seen for twenty years. I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. It'll be shit. You won't do them justice. You won't we'll misunderstand the characters mm. or the tone yeah. or whatever it is. You'll get it wrong because yeah. you think you understand it. No, you I, don't. Yeah, I would say that that because I mean, I'm not going to give much away, but I mean, obviously, there are lots of callbacks in, mm. in this film because you know. 
Sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. It's a Ghostbusters film. There's lots of callbacks. So, um, yeah, things happen that um, are callbacks from the older films, but it doesn't feel like that. Okay. And that's and it's, 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 yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, um, and again, there you go. So, you know, um, I'm not an istophobe because I love the young girl in it. I thought she was brilliant. She was <laughs> I've, heard she, I've heard she's the best thing in the film. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, so, no, fuck you, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so, oh, God, any time I see the Sony logo, I just want to vomit. Yeah. They make the worst films. Um, yeah. Going to talk about a film now. I don't think you've seen it, um, and then we'll come to one last film which we've both seen. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So I'll talk about a film that I saw. I actually watched this last night because mm-hmm. I thought I need to see a, another film from this year that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. But I want to talk. I think I might want to talk about it during the show. So I watched it last night. Really enjoyed it to the point where I almost cried at the end. It <sighs> really got me. It really got me. And it's a film starring Nick Cage. <gasps> Called Pig. Oh no, I really want to see that. No, mm. I, I want to see it, but no. It's, it's on my account. Right, okay. Um, so I remember I heard about this film uh-huh. and I have read the synopsis and my instinct was, oh, they're doing John Wick. This right. is like nobody again. This right. is, what weak excuse can we come up for for, for him to go on a murderous rampage? Oh, my pig. Oh no, they stole my truffle pig. Yeah. Oh, they killed my dog. Oh, yeah. they stole my kid's kitty cat kitty bracelet. Kitty cat bracelet. It is not that. Oh no, that was my last piece of juicy all. fruit. <laughs> yeah, it is not that film at all. Oh, okay. Right. It is a very somber, upsetting film about grief and depression. Okay, right. Because I say, I saw the trailer, and honestly, the first thing that came into my mind, it, it wasn't John Wick. It was a film called Warrior King, mm. which is um, Tony Jaa. Yeah. Which was in. They steal his elephant. Yeah, they steal his elephant. Yeah. And uh, I assumed, and I say, don't tell me then, because I've not seen it, but I assumed that the plot of that film was going to be roughly what this no, one no, was. No, no, Right, okay. So it's. it's I, I, I discovered this about the film um, a couple of months ago. I saw a kind of non-spoilery review for the film and they they made it very clear like, if you're expecting John Wick Nick Cage's John Wick going after his pig it is not that right. this is a film about um, Nick Cage's character who's very you don't know much about him at all at the film beginning of the film mm-hmm. and it also stars the kid from Hereditary you know the boy with, okay, the, with yeah. the mole on his yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's in it um, as like a <clears throat> Nick Cage has a truffle pig and he lives it literally out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, yep. like in a cabin. He's um, basically yeah, he's he's a, he's a hermit, and he has a truffle pig and you can tell straight away that, that they live alone and he loves this pig and it's his only companion. And this kid comes in a really fancy car and he tr- collects his truffles from him, and in exchange he gets food and supplies. And you know you just pick up. On what's going on, and this is the setup, and then literally that night, some people turn up, knock him out, steal his pig, right? And then it's him going to find his pig, and you think, oh, and, and what the film does, um, and I thought about this this morning, is there are a few moments in the film where it's very intentionally f- telling you, you f- you think you know what's going to happen next, right. and now, oh, this now now he's going to kick off, right? Now we're getting ready for a yeah. fucking fight. And it never happens, no. ever, in the film. There is one fight scene, and I say that with quotes, um, and it lasts about 30 seconds, and it's very unsatisfying. Right. Um, but it's <laughs> it, it's a very good film. Nick Cage, I can I'll never understand him as an actor, because <laughs> he makes... 
you know, straight to video trash like mm. Bruce Willis, except every three or four years, he makes a film where you're like, you're fucking great, yeah. and you're you make, you make great films. Yeah. So why do you keep making this other crap like yeah. Willy's Wonderland? Yeah. Like why do you do it? Um, cannot get my finger on him, but in this he's fantastic, very low key, and you get those things in those films where there's a bit in the film where um, it's subtly insinuated. That he when he, when they go to the city and he's not been near a city for ten years, that he's talking to the kid in the sports car who's his his companion during the film, and suddenly like the kid's like who 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 are you? I know your first name's Robin, but who are you? And suddenly you you get the impression that a lot of powerful people know who he is, and you're like, oh, is he going to turn out to be some assassin or someone you don't fuck with and blah blah blah, and. It's the only spoiler I'll give of the film. He's not ex-CIA. He's not ex-Navy SEAL. He's the exact opposite of, like, Steven Seagal's character from Under Siege. He is not ex-CIA. He is actually a chef. He was an extremely influential chef. He was the best of the best chefs in the world. And he just disappeared off the face of the planet after his wife dies mm-hmm. and he went he became a recluse and that's it mm-hmm. he just knows powerful people because he cooks for them mm-hmm. and that's all he is mm-hmm. and there's uh, and there's some great moments in the film there's one moment towards the end where he's he's like he turns to the kid and he's, he's like I need you to get this list of things for me and the kid's like I don't know how to get this and he's like I'll use my name um, but we're going to use this to get my pig back and you, what's your instinct when you hear that? Mm. Guns. Yeah, yeah, right. Ammunition, you know, like explosives, yeah. right? You just think that that sounds like <laughs> a list of things to, for shit to kick off. Right. <laughs> it's not that at all. <laughs> it is a much more satisfying way of him trying to get his pig back. Right. Uh, and, the, and the ending is a gut punch. Mm. And when the film ended, uh, I, because I, I've got, I don't obviously have a pet pig, but I've got two pet cats that I love to death. And I saw them there sitting next to me and I got emotional. I was like, if, if someone hurt my pets, yeah. I would probably go to prison. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't, they, you know, yeah. like anyone who's had a pet, yeah. when you're that attached to something and you see how Nick Cage reacts at the end of the film, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a gut punch. Yeah. It's an absolute gut punch. But I, I it really got me, really yeah. got me. And yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a really good film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, it's it's just one of those films where I'm like, he needs he needs to do more like that stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. No, like, I see what you. I see what you're saying. Because I I haven't seen Willy's Wonderland, but I've heard it's fucking shit. Yeah, really. He doesn't say the word of dialogue in it. Oh, really? And he, right. he all he does is just gets into these like over the top fights with like um, animatronic yeah. demons. Now, because I saw the trailer for that, I thought, oh, God, i watched that. <laughs> looks no, great. I've heard it's but, trash. Yeah. Like, I don't know, really I'll, crap. Give, I'll give that a go. But I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, Nick Cage is, a, he's, he is a really strange, <clears throat> you can't put your finger on him. Yeah. And you can't put your finger on him because he's, he's either, he's either in shit or he's just amazing. Yeah, but then you look at John Travolta or Bruce Willis. Yeah. And they're just in shit. Yeah. Like, especially Bruce Willis. These days. I say, yeah it's, yeah, it's weird that you get these people who are like, you know, stratospheric for a, for a time and then it's decline, decline, Yeah, decline. and that's where Nick Cage is now. He does mostly make crap. Yeah. But, like I said, like, he made this, which was, I thought was very, very good. He made Mandy about three years ago, which yeah. I thought was re- I really yeah. dug Mandy. And then he made a film called Joe, which I've still not seen, which I've heard is really good. Yeah. And he, he just keeps every yeah. couple, two, three, four years, he it's makes a, a really fucking good gem. And yeah. you're like, just, I don't know who your agent is, 
but get a new one that puts you towards this sort of stuff. Yeah. Because he can make really good films. And but then he goes and makes like fucking things like Left Behind and there was one where he was like an admiral for a ship, like a warship. Left and behind, oh my god! You remember that one? Yeah. Fucking hell! That was that was bad, oh wasn't it? That was like, oh but that, I guess, like I said, he probably made like Left Behind on a Wednesday. Yeah. Then he makes Pig on a Thursday, and you're like, yeah. I can't get my head around what you're doing. Can't get, can't understand hey, it. Nick Cage got to eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, that was Pig. A really, really worth watching. Cool. Um, but don't expect any action because there is no action. Yeah. At okay. All. Cool. No, I'll um, watch definitely. Um, and then finally, I thought we would end on a film we both saw and both enjoyed, uh, which was The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that one was cool. That was very funny. And mm. again, um, chalk and cheese compared to The Suicide Squad. Mm. Now, that's a bit odd again. I don't know what this th- this thing is that happens lately where people just in, you know, make films with exactly the same title. Yeah. Because it does make things very confusing. I guess, I guess for the, in this particular case, they didn't want to call it Suicide Squad 2 because a lot of people will go, yeah. oh, the well, first one was first shit. One was rubbish, yeah. So even though that problem still exists, because I've mentioned to a couple of people lately, yeah. oh, I saw The Suicide Squad, yeah. it was really good. And they're like, no, I don't want to watch, no, Margot Robbie and yeah. Will Smith, like, that was shit. No, no. Will Smith's gone. Yeah, this is Adrian Elba. It's uh, Margot Robbie is still in it, but it, it is a sequel. Yeah, but it's a hundred times better. Yeah, and I see. Yeah, so I mean, right from the off, it's just it, it's again um, just wrong foot shit because you, yeah, you're introduced to the, the Suicide Squad and you think, oh right, how, this is where we're at. And ten minutes mm. later, they're all dead. Yeah, and it's like okay. So, <laughs> so I guess we should probably say right at the beginning on yeah. on this particular film, we're probably going to spoil it. Spoil it. Um, yeah. But the film, yeah, the film has like a fake start. Yeah. Um, where yeah, you've got Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn. You've got uh, Jai Courtney's back as Captain Boomerang. Uh, Rick Flag is there, played by um, McKinnon. What's his name? Uh, Joel. Joel McKinnon. Is it McKinnon? McKinnon? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's back, and then you've got some new characters. You've got um, what's his name? He's, he's Nathan Fillion. Nathan uh, Fillion as the yeah. detachable kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got um, S- uh, Salvador. Is it El Sal- Salvador? Uh, the guy with the white hair. He's played by the uh, James Gunn regular. Uh, oh. oh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. He's kind of the main character in that bit, isn't it? Yeah. All from his point of view. Yeah, yeah from the start. Um, yeah. And Pete Davidson. As yeah, he's in it. Somebody. Yeah, someone else, some blackguard or something. Some like ferret things. guy. Yeah, there's the the, the weasel. Weasel. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so you've got this like really strange collection of characters, and you know, I said three of them we recognise from the first film. Yeah. And they're sent on a mission. Um, to get onto this island and they're told what the mission is and we need to get there and okay and they get on the beach and immediately they're I think Blackguard by I think his name is Blackguard mm-hmm. by played by Pete Davidson has has betrayed them mm-hmm. and the army are waiting for them and they literally get massacred um, <clears throat> with the exception of Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg and yeah and then and then the film then starts and you get yeah. a, you then get a poster frame of the actual Suicide Squad yeah. which is uh, it's only four of them isn't it um yeah, well, yeah. Who, who is it? So it's um, Cap- uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Um, I can't life, life remember what Adrian Elba's character. No, no, is. can I actually? Is it like Death Mask or something, something like that? Something like that. Deathstroke or no, it's not Deathstroke. Blood, blood, sport, blood sport, yeah, blood shot like or blood yeah. sport. And then you've oh, got um, the Rat Lady, whose name I also can't remember. Oh, uh, Ratcatcher Two. Ratcatcher Two. And then you've got um, King Shark. Yeah. So these are our four actual characters, um, and. 
basically the first crew were just used as a diversion. Yeah. Um, and they all get massacred. And yeah, and it's a very simple, straightforward film. They have a mission, which is on this like um, uh, South American island run by a dictatorship. It's yeah. had a coup. There's this secret weapon in a building, and they're not sure what it is. And they need them to go in there and erase that equip that stuff. Yeah. You know, to eliminate the the whatever it is that's in there. Yeah. And yeah, I it is instantly. A much better film than the original, than the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I completely blame. Was his name David Ayer, the yeah. director of the first one? Yeah. Because from what you hear, it it was at the eleventh hour, chopped to buggery yeah. by the by Warner Brothers. Yeah. That was when Warner Brothers didn't know what the fuck they were doing with DC films. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but regardless of what David Ayer's intentions were, the film was shit. Um, and yeah, like this one, I thought everything worked about it. I. I don't really like Harley Quinn. Um, I don't like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I find her just very irritating and mm. very much a tryhard. But better in this film. But in this, yeah. I thought she was really good because yeah. she's not she's not overdoing it. She is just Harley Quinn. She's very ma- she's much more matter of fact. I found um, there's a great scene where she's having a love affair with the dictator yeah, of the country, <laughs> and and they're like and they're yeah. having sex, very rough sex, yeah. and. Um, and he's giving this elaborate speech, like romantic speech about him, and she just shoots him and kills him. <laughs> and she's just like, I'm sorry, but I have a bad taste in men, so this was going to happen sooner or later, so I might as well do it now. <laughs> she basically shoots him straight through the heart and kills him, um, which I thought was really good. Yeah. And yeah, no, I thought everything worked about Adrian Elba was really good in yeah. it. Peacemaker, some of his bits were hilarious. And yeah, John then, Cena, really good. I, yeah. I really like, I think a bit like The Rock, John Cena is one of these guys who he's much better than he should be. Yeah. Like Dave Bautista. Yeah. Um, again, just a much better actor and comedy actor than, yeah, than you, yeah. you'd expect from someone who's, he's a wrestler. A wrestler, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, um, all really good. Uh, the only thing I thought was a little uh, weak was probably the rat catcher stuff. Um, I loved um, Polka Dot Man. Oh yeah, that was the other one yeah, we forgot about. Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, Polka Dot Man, who was played by I can't remember the name. David, it's something like David Melikor or something. Yeah, he's oh, been yeah. in a bunch of uh, Denis Villeneuve films. He was in Dune. Yeah, was he? Um, yeah, he's um, he's a really good actor. He's in Prisoners. Um, he was in one of the Batman. He was in Dark Knight, wasn't he? I think. So a bit part in Dark Knight. David Dast Mal- Malchin. Yeah, that, yeah, we're all about to uh, yeah. You'd recognise if you saw him. He's very much a character actor, but yeah. um, he was really good in it. Because yeah. I remember, I remember hearing about this film being made, and James Gunn was picking characters put in it, and he was polka dot man. And it was just like you could never predict it, but with James Gunn, you can almost predict it. It's yeah. like, of course, he's going to pick the most obscure <laughs> and on on paper most pointless character you could put into a film. Yeah. But he was really good in it. I really enjoyed his stuff. The stuff with the mum. Where yeah. he's like, oh yeah, yeah, because that's his character's backstory. His his mum uh, experimented on him. That's why he's got the powers. He's got his mum experimented yeah. on him when he was a kid or something, and and now he's got this uh, psychological issue where everyone he sees is his mum. Yeah, it's like all he can see is his mum. It's like she's affected him to such a degree, and it's like every now and again you see point scenes from his point of view, and it's like all the characters are just his mum. Yeah, even it's just, Starro at the yeah, end yeah, of the film was yeah. like this like fifty foot high version yeah. of his mum smashing into yes. buildings. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, um, very good. 
Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny, uh, very irreverent. Um, it's one of those films where it's like like typical James Gunn, where you get almost attached to a character and then they're just killed. Um, <laughs> like Polka Dot Man, like he has his moment yeah. where he, he does something heroic yeah. and then that's it. Dead. He just gets killed, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Um, I thought King Shark was funny. Yeah. Um, felt a bit more, bit like Drax the Destroyer. You know, like yeah. just a muscle head. Yeah, he's, he's not very intelligent. Not not intelligent. Also, pretty much the Hulk, but yeah. the shark, like the strongest guy there. Yeah. Also, um, surprisingly gory, wasn't it? For a, yeah. For so a, this is yeah. this is something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad's kind of ruined Guardians One and Two for me. Yeah. <laughs> because what it's what Suicide Squad has kind of done for me. He's made me just. It's just another example of how bland and banal and safe Disney are. Yeah, because you look at Guardians One in particular, yeah. maybe not so much Guardians Two, but Guardians One, and you look at it and you go, "Oh, this does feel different to all the other Marvel films." Yeah, but in hindsight, not really. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like it's thirty percent of it's James Gunn, and yeah. the rest of it is Disney playbook. Um, whereas this was clearly he got fired for making some paedophile jokes, like. 15 years ago or something yeah. fucking ridiculous yeah. then the alt-right got involved and got him fired yeah. and and then Warner Brothers snapped him up and went well we'll take you because yeah. we don't give a fuck and this is round about when Disney sorry um, where um, uh, Warner Brothers were re-evaluating how, what the hell they were doing with DC and quite rightly decided to drop the whole universe thing and just make individual films so Joker um, uh, Shazam I know it's kind of um, DC Universe but not really yeah. but each film is its own film now fuck the whole universe thing and yeah when you look at this film this is a film that the, 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 um, that Warner Brothers have said here's a budget make a, make a Suicide Squad film and I'm sure that 20% of it is Warner Brothers saying what he can and can't do but when you've got that level of gore and violence and swearing yeah. clearly Warner Brothers are far more trusting in the director yeah. than Disney are because yeah. Guardians is a good film, yeah, but it's it's James Gunn under restraint. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say here is the thing because um, I mean, one of the films that uh, Marvel have got um, coming up is is Blade, and I'm I'm sort of I'm a bit I don't know if worried is the right word because I'm sure it'll be okay, but Blade is not. No, I, I, yeah, Blade is not a the only a reason, Disney Marvel character. The reason why it's being made is because Blade is a a, a, a black superhero, mm. and yes, they want diversity, and that's a great thing. But if you're gonna do it, you need to do it properly. Yeah, you need to do the character justice. Yeah, and I don't think Disney will. It's it's gonna be a PG thirteen film. Yeah, with, and he with an R character them. in it, and it. I so say again. It, it, uh, I mean, the Punisher TV series loved it, mm. uh, it, and it was violent as all hell. And I, I really. Well, I'm enjoyed pretty it. sure all that stuff was when Marvel weren't owned by Disney. That's when yeah. all that stuff started getting greenlit. Yeah, and then Disney and say, bought them. And... Yeah, and, and they've cancelled all the shows. So you know, n- n- Daredevil and Punisher and whatever else aren't, aren't running anymore. But I mean, they they were violent and and, and gory and and brilliant. And the Mar- uh, the Blade films, with the first two at least, are fantastic. Mm. And that is what Blade is. He yeah. should be that character. And I can't imagine that put Blade in with the Guardians of the Galaxy say it's just not going to fit. It's not going to be right. No. And it's like trying to put 
Punisher in the Avengers just which, wouldn't work. Which brings me to a, a strange place that I feel at the moment when it comes to comic book films. I'm now starting to be more interested in what DC are doing yeah. than Marvel. Yeah. Which uh, even two years ago, I would never have imagined I would say. Yeah. Because at the moment, Disney is just, they're just doing what they do every time. We've yeah. talked about this earlier with Shang-Chi and the Eternals yeah. and Black Widow. And you look at what DC are doing, like Joker was a good film. I enjoyed Joker. Yeah. Um, Shazam was good. It was more family friendly, but it, it had some edge to it. Mm. Um, and then Suicide Squad comes out and it's literally you, you just watch it tonally it's them saying right we know from Logan Deadpool and Joker that an R rated superhero film will make money so why are we hamstringing ourselves with playing it safe and it feels at the moment that Warner Brothers are far more ex- far more open to experimenting and trying Stuff, yeah. stuff than than Disney is, and yeah. that's where I worry that in another three or four, five years, that DC are actually going to be a much better place than Marvel are. Yeah, no, no, I could be totally wrong, but Might be. but right now, yeah, kind of looking forward to the new Batman film. Mm. I'll, I'll give it a watch when it comes out. Yeah. Even the Flash film sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, again, I'll give the Flash a though Flash, I hated the Flash in the Justice League, I really did. But so <clears throat> I've not but watched again, the, that's... Like I said, the Zack Snyder version. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's different. I don't know. But no, I really wasn't keen. No, on, not, um, I agree. Yeah. But again, just based on the last two years of DC's track record, yeah, I am willing to give them a shot. Yeah, give it a go. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really interesting mm. when you look at Guardians now versus Suicide Squad. You know, back then you would have been, oh yeah, look, they've let James Gunn do his own thing, but in the Marvel Universe. But you look at it now and it's like, no. He, there's, there's some flares of James Gunn in there. Yeah. And there's some... there's some script writing of James Gunn's, you know, like with how the characters talk and well, that kind of stuff. But it it's a still a James Gunn film done under, you know, very close what eye of Disney execs. Yeah. Whereas Suicide Squad, it just feels like it's the biggest budget James Gunn yeah. film yeah. <laughs> ever made, <Yeah. laughs> basically. But yeah. no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, really fun. I thought the, 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 the villain at the end... Was was funny, you know. I mean, fucking giant starfish. Yeah, uh, but so also it's strangely sympathetic at the end, where they're like, "I just wanted to float around in space and look at the stars." Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, it. mate, what? Yeah, the, <laughs> don't um, do that to me." Yeah, the, uh, the, the I say because I, I was always space, more. Yeah, I was always more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan. Mm. <clears throat> I've read a lot of DC comics, but I was never so keen as I was on the Marvel stuff. Um, but I was familiar with Starro. And when he appears, sort of at, towards the end of the film, I was just like, oh, I do not believe I'm seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, that's amazing. I was, yeah. I was blown away by Starro, which is incredible. Yeah. Loved it. No, yeah. I, I, like I said, Suicide Squad, it was, um, it was one that I was kind of looking forward to seeing and didn't get to see in the cinema. Um, and then you said it was really good. Mm. And then, yeah, when the opportunity came, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And yeah, I sat and watched the whole thing. It's The only thing I would say is I think the last act is a bit too long. Yeah. There's the whole scene in the complex yeah. with it collapsing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of plot armour going on because it's like they are still just people. Yeah. And this whole thing collapsing, they would have died ten times. Yeah. Oh, whatever, that's fine, it's fine, I can forgive it. <clears throat> but that whole act... Before Starro even gets out of the complex, yeah. I felt it was a really long action scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, a really long scene, even. Could, 
trimmed a little bit there. But overall, but very good. Overall, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's our films of 2021. Well, so I've got one more. I've got one more. So okay. we talked about it a little bit earlier on. I might, might as well mention it on this podcast. Is that um, film we've covered again before on Bad Movie Vault, Rocky Four. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sylvester Stallone has released Rocky versus Drago, the director's cut mm. of Rocky Four. And got to say, um, still my least favourite Rocky film, but a lot better than mm. the uh, original version. Mm. And <clears throat> um, I'd give it a watch if you get a chance. Yeah. Um, I'll, pe- I'll definitely pick it up because I think, as well as that, not only has it just been released on streaming already, you know, it only showed for one night, I think, at the cinema. Oh, okay. And now it's on streaming. Yeah. Um, and it, they're not charging the earth for it. So okay. I'm, I might well pick that up. Fair enough. And we can have a look at that if you want at some point. But, I mean, they've um, re-jigged uh, it entirely. Um, gone is all the robot stuff. Mm. Um, the beginning is completely different. Adrian is actually in it. Um, <laughs> um, Apollo Creed, uh, there's a lot more of his scenes in there. Yeah. But Young's in it more. Um, unfortunately, it, it still suffers from a little bit of the... Um, uh, of the worst excesses of the first version in it does still turn into a bit of a music video for the last mm. half uh, it didn't change the score which was one of the things I hated about the original version yeah. I was hoping they'd bring the Bill Conley thing back in it didn't Yeah, but much better much yeah. better than the original the, the one thing is that uh, continuity is a bit of an, an issue because um, obviously he's used scenes from the cutting room floor to pad scenes yeah. so there are bits when Oh, hang on a minute, he's in a cage, but we've just seen him walk out of that. So yeah, there, yeah, there yeah. are bits like that, and also some framing issues, because obviously he's blowing up certain scenes to fit the frame, mm. to omit a character, or just to change the perspective of the shot, and that makes that scene look a bit grainy. <clears throat> Other than that, yeah, way better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like because. Mm. Yeah, I think we talked about before. Is it Rocky Four yeah. is the worst out? Yeah. Oh, and the, the the final fight is 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 way more even. Yeah, a lot more even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not just Rocky again. I mean, in the original fight, Drago should have retired with broken fists after round four. <laughs> <It's> yeah. like, <laughs> but <laughs> in this one, much more even. Yeah, well, yeah. No, so again, it's one of those things that when it's available to watch, I will get around to watching it. Because um, yeah. I, I also didn't know that this cut was coming out like until very recently. Didn't even know it was something he was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he announced he's retiring from the Rocky Balboa character after Creed Two. Because mm-hmm. they're doing, they doing another one, aren't they? And he's I, not in it. I honestly don't know. I think they're doing another Creed. I think I remember reading something about he's not. He's done with Rocky. Mm-hmm. And then, like two months later, it's like, oh, he's doing a director's cut of four. And I was like, oh, it's a typical Stallone thing. Where he says he's done with something, and then yeah. he still comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he comes back yeah. to I mean, the did characters. You, did you see Last Blood? Was that the last Ro- uh, Rambo film? Yeah. I've heard so it's he did, terrible. He did Rambo Last Blood. Now, okay, so I saw that because, again, big Rambo fan. And um, <clears throat> I love the Rocky films, love the Rambo films. Um, but. Yeah, Last Blood. It's it's not that it's bad. Yeah. Right? It's that you've seen it. Right. This is that film where a family member gets kidnapped right. and he goes to rescue him. So right. if you've seen a version of that sure. film, you've seen right. I've Last seen Blood. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. Nothing new. It's all the same with the exception of the last 10 minutes. Okay. You... 
you should watch it for the last 10 minutes. Okay. It is berserk. It's just the goriest thing. Well, I know the <laughs> Rambo before that from like the 2010 or whatever. Oh, like it that blows was... that away. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's, it's just, it is, oh my God. Oh, did you hear they're doing a spin-off of um, The Expendables? No. Yes, um, oh, who's in it? Um, oh, did they say, oh no, hang on, wait, did they say something about Megan Fox? No, it was... Um, uh, Sam Worthington. Right. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> um, Jeremy, what's his name? Hawkeye. Jeremy Rayner. Right. Yeah. Is okay. that his name? Jeremy, Jeremy Rayner. Yeah. yeah. And Jai Courtney. Yeah, it's called The Forgettables. <laughs> You're taking the piss. Right. Yeah. The Forgettables. Good one. You have me. <laughs> you have me. You have me then. Because I actually thought you meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. Last Blood is 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 worth watching. You know, literally just enough. for that last ten yeah. minutes. I mean, we should also mention before we wrap up that um, there's one last film this year that we haven't seen because it's not out yet. Uh, oh, Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man. No Way Home. Oh, and of course the Matrix as well has come out. Oh this yeah, year. yeah. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Uh, right. So. Talking about those two films briefly, before yeah. they come out, my anticipations. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man because yeah. it's pretty much all but confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in it. Yeah. Not that I really care about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but <laughs> if I can get an opportunity to see Tobey Maguire one last time as Spider-Man, yeah. I'm all for it. Okay. Um, well, you know what? I said they've mentioned, everyone's mentioned uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. I want to know if Spider-Pig's in it. <laughs> or uh, Noir Spider-Man with Nick Cage yeah, yeah. no, um, no I'm, I'm up for seeing that because yeah. hopefully what they're doing with this film plus um, Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness yeah. that they're going to start making Marvel <laughs> Universe a bit more batshit crazy yeah. which is what it needs it needs yeah, something it needs something in it yeah. I mean because again I was talking about Blade earlier and, and Marvel uh, and um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness I read somewhere it's going to be more of a horror film and I thought well that would be interesting but it's going to be a PG horror film a PG film. horror film yeah. and it, again, again it could be done but I'm, I it, want it's, mm. it's that that they mentioned then they replaced the director with Sam Raimi exactly. which is like cool yeah. but again it's going to be like Guardians with James Gunn yeah. it's going to have some touches yeah. of Sam Raimi yeah. but it's going to still be a Marvel film yeah but I mean this Spider-Man again Everyone, everyone says the third one is is terrible. No, I agree, it's not as bad. It's not as good as the first two, but right. I think it's a bad film. It's especially, near... especially when you compare them to Amazing Spider-Man one and two. No, exactly. <clears throat> then you see what a bad film is. No, that's, they're they're, they're <clears throat> awful films. We've been over those before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to No Way Home, uh, Matrix Resurrection, whatever it's called. Um, I love the original Matrix film. Yeah. It is genuinely one of my most influential films I've ever seen mm -hmm. um, a lot of younger people will be like what seriously it's like anyone who's slightly younger will obviously have no concept of how much that film changed the game yeah like it literally changed action for yeah. like a decade it did yeah um, and then Matrix Reloaded I actually still like Matrix Reloaded it's got its problems yeah but I really st I still enjoy most of that film I think the Chateau fight scene is the best fight scene in all three films yeah that's the one with the vampires yeah with the, the um, ghosty, swords and the shields ghosty and stuff. ghost yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and the third chance. one is the yeah. third one's not good at all um, yeah uh, but this is one of these sequels that's coming out way after the fact yeah 
um, it's only made by one of the Wasowskis. Yeah, and, and, and characters that are supposed to be dead. And she, and she's um, she's doing it on her own. And let's be honest, the Wasowskis haven't made anything decent since Matrix films. Right. So I really don't have much confidence at all in all right. this being anything. All right. Um, Jupiter Ascending was shit. Um, Speed Racer, um, Cloud Atlas. Like they've, they, I, to me, they've made nothing of note mm. since the Matrix films, and they're like twenty years old. So mm. I, I don't have much confidence in this at all I say, I'm and I don't think it it's needed I'm, uh, yeah I'm going to give it a go yeah I agree it's probably not needed and I say I'm going to give it a go I love the first one and I think the other two disappeared at their own arse a little bit but, yeah. um, and the third one I'll never understand there you get you got Keanu Reeves um, Trinity you've got Neo Trinity and Morpheus and then they're not in it yeah. for like a good hour then none they're of not, them are in it they're not it's in like, it and you set mo- 90% of that film in the boring world yeah in the, in the world where you know the, the good stuff doesn't happen. It's yeah. like you, you just... And even the big fight at the end is all CGI and yeah. crap. And also, again, because you know, this is the one thing I'm, I was thinking watching the trailer for it, is it struck me how... Because the Matrix would just, like you said, change the game. The effects in that were incredible. And in the next two films. But the one thing that struck me is watching them... Because obviously they're doing the same things, but how much better it looked in mm. the trailer. And I'm thinking, you know, if they tried to do... The Burley Brawl now, no, yeah, it would look so much better. Oh yeah, the Burley Brawl now is rough. Yeah, like, it's could... it's like watching someone play an Xbox 360 yeah. game. It's not not even a you know PlayStation Four or, or <laughs> five. Yeah. yeah, an old an old console. Yeah, um, it's not good, but uh, now it would look. At, I, I've no doubt they'd do amazing things with that. Now I'm sort of hoping you get to see something similar, but you yeah. probably won't. Um, I. I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm, more, just, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it from an effects point of view. Yeah, I want to see it just to see what they're doing with the plot. Yeah. Because my instinct is that he's either a reincarnation of Neo, or he is. He was he was still alive and he's just been kept in a new version of the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, whatever. We're gonna we'll find out in a couple yeah. of weeks. I will go see it because, like I said, Matrix is one of my most influential films for me. Yeah. But part of me is also like. Don't need it, don't want it. <laughs> like, like, but I'll go see it anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's 2021. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been a long old discussion. Yeah. But you know, there's been some good films this year. But like I said, I think the summary for me this year's not been a standout year. Yeah. There's nothing I've been like. Oh, mate. it's been it's been odd because of because of the COVID and because of. I think next year we're been... gonna have a fucking glut of films. Everything yeah, that's well, been held off. Yeah, I think it's going to be like ridiculous. I mean, another thing that's been mentioned a lot is that you know nothing's really made a lot of money, but it's not going to, is it? No. I think anyone who's expecting a billion dollar film this year is like mental. Yeah, you are. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because there's a lot of people still don't want to go to the cinema. Um, I've got no problem with it. I've been a few times, um, uh, but I know a lot of people don't want to do it, and you know it's going to take a while, I think, to get people back in. If you see packed packed theaters, um, um, looking at another year at least. Yeah, and I say I think it will be a while before you see another billion dollar grossing film, but it'll happen sooner or later. It will. Yeah. It's just will will films as we know them now still be around then? Because yeah. surely there's only going to be so many films they're going to release that don't meet expectations yeah. before things change yeah and that might be a good thing you might they might start getting more story driven well than, maybe 
Yeah. I just hope so because all it takes is one film to come out that does mega bucks yeah. that is original yeah. that's doing something different and then everyone follows suit it happens all the time yeah. like Inception did it yeah. Matrix did it which you already mentioned Jurassic Park did it back in the 90s yeah. like every few years like yeah. every decade or whatever a film comes out and you just got to hope that sooner or later that studios realise that just making a film for 250 million and hoping for a billion yeah. and it's all based on an old franchise or nostalgia, yeah. or CGI over everything yeah. else. Because no one, no one, no one's impressed anymore by CGI. No. You, nowadays, you look at something like I keep mentioning it now and again, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. The reason why a lot of people really enjoyed that film is because you could see it was real people doing real stunts. Yeah. And I think when you show a film with real effects, yeah, there's a certain level of charm to it. You yeah. just don't get. And that's CGI. Uh, yeah, sort of seen a lot about James Bond. Yeah, I yeah. love the James Bond films because it's. People doing things. And also the Mission Impossible films. I can now like enjoy them just for the spectacle of a cool action scene where I'm like, that's actually Tom Cruise on a motorbike. Mm -hmm. Or that's Tom Cruise jumping out of a helicopter. Or, you know, that's a real stunt happening in front of a camera. Yeah, I think filmmaking hopefully does start going backwards a little bit. Yeah. Focusing more on storytelling. It'd be, characters. It would be nice to see. And some real shit on the front of the camera. <laughs> it's like it's, yeah. no, it's like everyone knows how it's made. It's a computer. Yeah, everyone knows how that thing yeah. was done. That dinosaur's not real. Yeah, these aliens aren't real. Yeah, that fleet of ships in the space are <laughs> not real. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back soon, I guess, with another topic. Well, we won't know until we pick it really. But yeah. hopefully, we yeah, maybe we'll talk we'll about film in, director. Yeah. Hopefully, so we'll, we'll definitely get back together and do this. And hopefully, before too long, the three of us will be back together. And we will be doing, reviewing a film which we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Right, okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Cheers. Uh, bye, I guess. Yeah, 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 that's that's the cool. Yeah, cheers. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, see you again in, in, in 2022. <laughs>